Sunshine Radio's In Conversation brings you interviews with some of the biggest and brightest national and international names in show business. On today's show, Andrew Reid speaks to one of the most recognisable faces from television costume drama. Having reached international prominence in the recent adaptation of Winston Graham's Poldark, Rudy Bentel shares stories of her life behind the scenes, of her work with some of the world's greatest actors, and tells of the link between her family, a Cuban musical legend, and a raw turkey. We present Wearing Bonnets, in conversation with Ruby Bentel. My guest today describes herself as wearing bonnets for a living, but that statement belies a remarkable ascension to the very top of the most popular costume dramas on television, as well as to much else in the entertainment industry. Ruby Bentle was seemingly destined to a life on the stage, being born to two very high-profile actors, but it's arguably two television projects that have truly stamped her name in the nation's hearts. Lark Rise to Candleford, and most recently, Poldark. Ruby, welcome to In Conversation, being recorded in your lovely North London home. Thank you very much. This is your part of the world, isn't it, around here? You're a London girl? Yes, well, I was born in Camden, but actually grew up mostly in south-west London near Richmond. So I've only been back here the last two and a half years. Was it natural to come back here? Is this where you feel at home? I think so, yeah. I mean, I was always, you know, I've always wanted to stay in London, obviously, and it was just like, oh, I wanted to buy somewhere, and then like, this is somewhere I could afford, <laughs> really. So, Fair yeah. enough. Your family were famous before the acting came in, weren't they? I'm thinking about your great-uncle. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, we have, because I grew up, obviously, Richmond is very near Kingston, though we had the um, in Bentles shopping centre. And things, but we we didn't um, really know him or anything. And when we went, when we moved there, we were like, "Oh, can we try and get a discount?" And they said, "No." Oh, <laughs> no so. Doesn't seem to be No. <laughs> well, coming down the family tree a bit, then both your parents are well-known actors. Uh, would you say that you were always destined for this career? I think so. I always wanted to do it. There wasn't really a point where I didn't. Maybe when I was about eleven, and you know, when you go very shy, mm-hmm. and I sort of stopped wanting to do it for a few years, but that went away again, and. Yeah, but I have um, I have my brothers and sisters, quite a few of them, and none of them do it. So you're the only nice. one in the family. The only one, yes. Ah, oh, yeah. So your your parents, Janine Duvitsky and Paul Bentel. Janine, of course, a much loved comedy actress, particularly remembered, I think, in my era for playing Pippa in One Foot in the yeah. Grave, and also she worked with Mike Lee on Abigail's Party back in the nineteen seventies, and um, Paul Bentel, a highly respected stage actor. Mm-hmm. How supportive were your family in what you wanted to do, given that you were the only one of the siblings who moved into it? I industry? think they've always been so supportive. They're so proud. It's unreal. Like, my dad just sort of cries all the time about how well I'm doing. He's such a softie. Um, but uh, I think they were also worried. You know, that it's such a sort of... It can be so tough. And, and But I was quite lucky in that I grew up, you know, surrounded by other actors and I... Even though my parents do well, I I know what I, I knew what I was getting into and how hard it can be, and so um, I think they were worried. Particularly when I I, I attempted to go into, get into drama school and didn't manage when I was eighteen and nineteen, and so I think they were obviously worried about that. And but they were so supportive always, yeah. Your brothers and sisters as well. They must be proud of you. Yeah, I think so. They're very proud as well. They have to. My poor brothers have to sit through all these costume dramas, which they wouldn't naturally watch, but um, they do. They're very nice, and they do. A number of people we speak to on the program here have gone through the natural progression of school, drama school, theatre school into the business. You didn't do that. Was that tougher for you? 
think so. I mean, I think growing up with my parents, I knew about the world more than, say, people who never... It would be useful for them to go and go to drama school and find out about the, the industry and things, but I knew quite a lot about it anyway. And I was always worried that I wouldn't um, do any theatre, but quite quickly I did some theatre and I've now worked in quite big theatres, so I don't think that's going to put people off from employing me in theatre, which was something I thought might happen if I hadn't have gone to drama school. I've not done any Shakespeare, and I don't get seen for it. Like, I don't get auditions for it very much, and I always worry that's because I didn't train and they don't want to see me. But I don't know. <laughs> Would you want to do Shakespeare yes, if the opportunity desperately. came? Any particular parts that you think you're yes, I want to play Juliet. <laughs> oh, not be, very original. <laughs> who would be your Romeo in an ideal world? Oh, I don't know. Um, I worked with this very nice boy called George Mackay. I think he'd make a really good Romeo because he's got this sort of openness which I think Romeo needs to have. Um, yeah. So any producers or directors listening, you're, yes, you're available. Yes, George and me. <laughs> Excellent. We'll pass the message on. Going back to your early productions when you were at college you were cast in a role in Holby City I think a, a lot oh, of yes, a lot yeah. of actors go into that but for yeah. you it was your first role it must have been incredible it so. was it was so nice I had two days on it and uh, I didn't tell anyone at school because it was a bit embarrassing but um I did two days and I cried on the last day because I had such a nice time on it <laughs> it's interesting what you said how can I ask how old you were then and which school you were at because your friends then was it something you weren't Overly confident to tell them you were going to do. Yes, it. no, I was just I was just at normal sixth form. I went ah, to right. Richmond College. I went to. Um, yes, I was seventeen. When I did that, and yeah, no, it's sort of embarrassing. I, I think I've always got a slight chip in the fact that because because of my parents, I have you know ha- nepotism has helped me a lot, mm-hmm. and it you know that's sort of really frowned upon naturally. But um, so I and that, the course I did at college was a performing arts course so you know the whole rest of the class would like to be actors as well so for me to just you know go off and do an episode or something I didn't feel like I could tell them that because I I feel like I'm an advantage. I suppose in a way there may be an advantage there getting onto the ladder but Mm. you have to prove yourself when you're actually on those runs don't you? I think so yeah I know because I I, because I like I said I have this slight worry that people think this is the only way I've got into it but I, I do feel like if I was totally rubbish, I wouldn't be working. Like, they're not that famous that I can just get anything off them. They just helped me with the agent in the first place, and then I've got all the work since then. And realistically, the majority of people watching you on television wouldn't really put the two together. No, I don't think so. It's people no. within the industry that you have that. Yeah, I guess, yeah. You're building a career in television, in theatre, and in radio across the spectrum, which for an actor is quite unusual are you still looking for your niche or do you think you will keep all of them in the umbrella yeah I really hope to because whenever you're doing you know some tv you're desperately always wanting to do some theatre and then vice versa it's they're so different to each other in lots of ways that you always want to be doing both of them doctors Oliver Twist new tricks these are big programs aren't they for for television tell me about the new tricks Dennis Waterman We've, yeah. had, we've had one of his co-stars on the programme before now, Jenna nice. Russell, from oh, nice. many years yeah, ago. No, How's it like working with Dennis? Yeah, really nice. They were such a nice crowd because obviously they're such like pros and they, you know, I, I, I did quite a late episode so they've been doing it for ages and they were so sort of friendly and jokey and it was just lots of fun really. I, it was really nice. It just yeah. sounds like you have a, a whale of a time with your work. Yes, you do, generally. It's just lovely. You really enjoy going to work, <laughs> yeah, don't you? I, I can tell that, strangely <laughs> enough. <laughs> 
what about theatre though? Because that is totally different. You've done DNA, mm-hmm. The Miracle. And one of your early lead roles was that of Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, in Sheffield, yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, DNA and the Miracle were these two short plays we did at the National, and I was 19 when I got them. And it was a very young cast, and we just... We all sort of went bonkers. We were just so excited. We were so young, and we were all at the National. It was like amazing. And I still feel like, to me, that's still the thing I'm most proud of work-wise. It's the thing I think I was... Best in potential, I don't know. But sort of the thing I feel I did my best work in. Was that your first lead role, though? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When you're working in a production, how much of you can go into that character and how much are you reliant on the direction that you're given? I think I think it's mostly you who, who does it and you bring anything you can to that part that you know of. And then, obviously, then the director's there to sort of guide you and make it better and things but I would say 80% is you also starting to wonder whether this was the first time you wore a bonnet no no that was a modern thing yes no the first time I wore a bonnet was Oliver Twist I think which Ah, was which uh, role did you play then it was Charlotte um she it's not a massive part she's in the um where they make the coffins and they're like they're really horrible to um yeah that was lots of fun. It was nice to play a nasty person because I don't get to do that much. Are you worried about being typecast as a, as a, a nice sweet person? person? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike Lee's grief at the National Theatre, that, that was a, a different style completely. And, and working with Mike Lee is much more difficult. I mean, your, yeah. your, your mother Yes, work did. with him, yeah. So I was quite lucky and I knew sort of what to expect. And you do sort of a nine-month... No, no, it was a nine-month job overall, but a four-and-a-half-month rehearsal, which particularly... Is most theatre is about six weeks maximum, so it's it's totally different, and you, you you improvise the whole thing from scratch, and he has a sort of idea of where he wants it to go, but we don't know anything about it really, and it's really interesting because you have to do masses of research, and this was set in the fifties, so that was really fun. Yeah. When you improvise, are you improvising in each performance, or do you improvise to create the product? Yes, no. By the time you're doing the play, it's all you have the script is sort of set down and it's someone is there writing what you've said in the rehearsals. So it's, it, it was such a, such a complicated thing. So you start off and you create a character and then you, you do that just alone with him. And then you get put into, um, into a room with other characters and then you start improvising scenes together. And then he sort of goes away and makes a sort of little storyline of where he wants it to go. And then, you put that all together and then that's the sort of story and that's set then. So once you're doing the play, it's completely set. So by the time the audience come in, mm. they have no idea of the amount of work that's gone on no. when compared to a normal play. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But hopefully it shows. I think I think his plays are very unusual and different to most things. So. And the fact that you're helping to create them mm. mean that there is so much of the actor embedded in the whole production. Yeah, totally. Mm. And, and you just... It's just such a different approach to what how I you know usually work and all this sort of background and it's so in you because it's sort of come from you. So. Radio. Mm-hmm. Moving on to that, you you were in Sister Agnes investigates on Radio Four. Yes. Any other radio plays? I did a really another Oliver Twist playing the same part without the bonnet. Without the bonnet, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. I, I have so I've only done those two, but it's it's so it's. Always lots of fun radio. You just sort of go in and you obviously don't have to learn the lines and stuff. And 
stand around. It's, it seems totally different. I think it's a real skill, which I don't know if I have yet, but I'd like to do more. I'd like to explore the differences in style between television, theatre and radio. Theatre obviously is much more immediate. You're having that audience response. Yeah. With radio and television, I guess to a certain extent, you are anticipating what that response will be. Yeah, I guess so. And you never know how people... You, you can't know what people are going to think of it. And the, so much happens in the edit, you're sort of... It's completely out of your hands. And where theatre, you can obviously really feel from an audience how they're responding to it. Is that quite difficult, actually, having that lack of control over the edit? Oh, totally, yeah. Also, it's... Because I think there's... It's quite... I find it a lot more stressful, TV, because it's... Um, you have to be very quick because you know it's very expensive to make TV, so there's no sort of hanging around, and there's you know so you have a whole re- rehearsal process for a theatre, and you can sort of investigate things and work on stuff. But TV is literally like quick, quick, okay, like we've got to get this done, we've got to get this done for the day, and it's sort of very stressful always. So you kind of, I always find that I, I I'll do my takes, and you get one take, and you just quick move after move, and then you go, oh, that was terrible. And you're always disappointed. I'm very rarely happy with what I do. And then you kind of have to just go, well, hopefully they'll make me look good in the edit. Actually, in a drama like Pulled Up, the costume mm. dramas, you have to appear so elegant and calm yes. on the set that we have no idea what's no. going on that you've just described. <laughs> I know. It, you wouldn't think it watching the programme. double acting like, as far as... And there's sort of ten people doing your costume and it's all sort of... Just so stressful. <laughs> I mean, really fun, obviously, as well. I'm not, I don't want to take it in bad light, but um, it just it is. It, because, like I say, it's a lot of money to make, so it's you can't... It's hugely expensive. You can't hang around. It's not one man in a microphone like no. this program. <laughs> no. We don't have that budget, I must admit. <laughs> Your big television break, I would deign to say, was Lark Rise to Candleford. This was prime time, Sunday evening... That programme slot has always been a classic. Yeah. Families to sit down and watch. How did that feel, landing that? At quite a young age. Yeah, yeah, I was 20 when I first started that. And I was, it was great. So I joined in the second series. So I sort of knew of the programme and knew that it was popular and things. But I think there's something, the older I'm getting, I'm getting more worried about things. But when you're young, you kind of just go and you're like, yeah, and you kind of... So it wasn't sort of daunted by it, the fact that it was already popular in this big slot and I sort of just was like, yeah, it's a job. And really you excited. think more about things yeah. when you're older, don't <laughs> yeah. you? I think that, that's the problem. But it was a classic trilogy written by Flora Thompson. You played Minnie, mm-hmm. the Dorcas housemaid. She was a lovely character. She was lovely. She was ditzy, and, but sort of the heart of gold. She was an absolute sweetheart. She still that sort of innocence and would just say whatever she thought and was a, sort of generally quite a happy person and things. So I loved playing her. You, you, you come to work sort of, say, slightly stressed out about life or a bit upset or, you know, and playing her all day, just because she was so smiley, I would finish the day in a really good mood, like just purely from being her for a bit. It was lovely. And the series, you are right, you say it was innocence. It was innocence in a bygone age as well. Mm. Is it a reflection on life today that a programme like that is so popular? It's escapism from yeah, how people totally. are living their I lives now. People just like to sit down on a Sunday and watch something that's not violent or rude or anything. And you can watch the whole family can watch it. And yeah, I think I think people really love it for that. 
and the Alf storyline. Yeah, it was so sweet and it was very nice to work with John. And he's, he's a tall chap. He's I remember very that tall. one scene where he lifted he you, up you up and your legs yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. I had to often stand on a box so we wouldn't oh. look so weird together. But he's he's very tall. He's sort of six three or something, like five two. So it was a good good height difference. I think then probably the next big part that people would possibly recall you in was as Pauline in The Paradise. Yes. You did the first series. I did the first series only of that, yeah. I was interesting with your family history of retail. Yes. You end up back in in that environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was nice. It was a nice job. We did that in Newcastle. And it was the same writer as Lark Rise, the same sort of guy who adapted it. Let's move to the programme of the moment, possibly the programme of the decade, I would hazard to say. <laughs> you play the much-loved and much-put-upon, I think, Verity yes. <laughs> Poldark in the latest series of uh, Poldark, the recreation of um, an original series back from the 1970s, mm. of course. It was a much-loved series. There was a lot for the cast and the writers to live up to. Yeah. Did that weigh on you when you were thinking about... I think so. We all thought about it quite a lot, and any interview they did, they'd sort of go, oh, were you all nervous? And it's so different. If you watch it, it it feels completely different to ours, just because it was done in the 70s and everything's moved on so much. And either people were going to like it or they weren't if they were attached to it. So I kind of wasn't too worried about it. I just thought, well... You might hate us, but that's okay. (laughs) I think think the answer is nobody does. It's coming back to more (laughs) series, which is fantastic, certainly fantastic for us and and fantastic for you. Verity is a character, though. She's loyal, she's loving, and she wants to be loved. It's not really unrequited love, but it it almost feels like that. Yes, I think because she's, like you say, she's a very loving character, and I think people can sometimes take advantage of her in the fact that they know she's always will be there for them and that they sort of don't acknowledge her as a person, some people. And also in that time, like where she was, there probably wasn't a huge amount of choice for her to have. And she, say, is surrounded by more attractive people and she's not sort of hugely forthcoming as a person, so maybe she would be sort of looked over quite a lot. So, hard for her, yeah. But she really came into her own, didn't she, with Demelza and yeah. that wonderful scene where you taught... The etiquette mm-hmm. and, and yeah, the dancing. That. that, for me, is one of the scenes that really sticks out because that was Verity putting her mark on the family yeah. mm-hmm. and saying, you can do this to Melza. You can do this just the way that I've had to yeah. push my way through. Yeah, definitely. And and the fact that she's just she won't judge someone until she knows them. She's not got that sort of snobbery that some of the other family have. And she's just a genuinely lovely person and she loves Ross very much so the fact that he loves Demelza and is with Demelza means she's going to help as much as she can and she has that I think she must I think she probably really loved feeling useful and help in probably really enjoyed that sort of thing of being able to teach someone stuff and as a sort of female in that time you're not sort of hugely respected and there she can and she's got something that she can show someone I think she really liked Poor old Captain Blaney. I don't know the story. I've only watched this series, I must admit. But um, both of you took a long time to get together. Demelza really helped you, didn't (laughs) she there? Um, Captain Blaney, played by Richard Harrington. Why do you think Verity is so attracted to him? Is it a genuine love? Or is there some rebellion there because the family don't like him? I don't know. I think I like to think it was a genuine love. You know, if, if you've 
grown up and no one's ever paid you any attention and the first man who does and he's a nice man to her and is kind of, I think, you know, you're going to fall in love with someone like that. So I think it's genuine. Is he good to work with, Richard? He's so much fun. He's so naughty. He's hilarious. In New Tricks, he played my dad, which I always find quite weird. Hmm. And, and then he was in Lark Race. He was in the full series of Lark Race. So I actually know him really well. I knew him more of any of the other cast. Um, so I was very happy when it was him. He's so funny. He's, he's Welsh. He's very Welsh. And he just tells story. He doesn't stop talking. He tells story after story. And he's very naughty and cheeky. He's lots of fun. <laughs> How did you prepare for that role and going into that series? Did you read the books? Did you look at the previous series? Yes. I didn't, I didn't really watch any of the previous series because... I also know they didn't stick hugely closely to the book, and you don't want to try and copy someone else's work. Are you they? closer to the book? We are, book? yeah, we, yeah, definitely. Um, and I did obviously read. I read the first two books, first three actually. Um, so, and then you know you can do a bit of history just on the time and women's role in that time. And we ha- we spoke to a historian a little bit at the beginning of the job and things. So it was really nice. I absolutely adore history, so it's one of the nicest things about the job. You don't have to write an essay on it like at school, but you can sort of learn all the stuff about it. What about Cornwall? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, we, we did we did six weeks in Cornwall, just so all the exterior stuff, and we went there, and it was just, it was beautiful. I don't really know Cornwall very well. I, I went there sort of once, I think, as a child, but going back, and we were there for that really lovely heat wave we had last summer, and it was sort of the perfect timing. And we went all over. We were sort of in Bodmin Moor and Charlestown and St Ives and Penzance and Constantine Bay. So we sort of really saw a lot of it, which was lovely. And I, I went swimming every day because I'm obsessed with the sea and swimming. And um, every day after work, I would just go swimming. And I was like, this is like the perfect job. This is, couldn't be nicer. And then on my days off, I'd go for these massively long walks and... It was just beautiful. But you also filmed in Bristol. Not quite as romantic as Cornwall. No, oh, think. Bristol's a lovely place. I absolutely adore Bristol. It's the only place I've ever worked that I thought, oh, I could live here. It's very, um, it's really nice. It's sort of, it's very sort of trendy and young. It's just got a really lovely feel to it, actually. Which parts were you filming? We were in, well, we, uh, most of the stately homes were in Bristol. Well, all sort of half an hour away surrounding areas. And then we were in a studio just outside, um, and that was um, where, yeah, where we did most of the interior stuff. Like Ross's house was all studio and things. Oh. Our listeners, being in Western, will know that area quite well. Can you remember whereabouts outside Bristol it was? Uh, the Bottle Yard, it's called. It's where they film Deal or No Deal. Ah, oh, know it well. <laughs> okay. Know it well. Yeah, on the, we were uh, there. Yeah, on the road out to Brislington. Yeah. Yes. Doesn't quite have the romance. No, I know. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> all right. And Wiltshire as well. Caution. Yeah. Didn't that double for true? We did. Yes, we did. Just because um, that one street they had, or, or you know, that little village cluster is I sort see. of still so perfect. And you don't really have to do anything to it, and it's easier than attempting to build a road like that. They can just go up and there and film on it. Whenever I see a picture of the Poldark cast, mm-hmm. there's Eleanor Tomlinson, of course, mm-hmm. who played Demelza, Heidi Reed, played Elizabeth Aiden Turner. Um, you all look so happy. Yes, is that that's a genuine feeling yes. that comes out? We've I, it's I've never loved a cast as much as this one. We we were very lucky. We were all sort of similar age, sort of mid to late twenties, sort of early thirties. So and 
We're just having so much fun. It's unreal. We don't ever want to go home at the end of the job and we just we go out for dinner every night. And even since we've been finished, I think obviously because we all know we're going back, so we've all stayed such good friends. I see them all the time. It's lovely. <laughs> One sad note was that of Warren Clark, who, mm-hmm. of course, filmed with you, I think, for the first three episodes mm-hmm. as the patriarch of the Poldark family. He's now sadly left us since. Uh, how was he to work with? He was amazing. He was so much fun. He um, he he loved company. He, he, he was he was he's such a funny man. Um, he would he'd, he'd be like right drink 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 after every after <laughs> after the show. And we all be like okay, Warren, we're all coming to the pub. He's like you better you better be coming. We were like we are, we promise. And um, he sort of he liked to organise us all and make sure we were all out and. He was he was he was great fun. He also he's it's it's really lovely working with older actors because just on set he just knew what he wanted and he would you know like not in a bad way at all but he just it's that sort of experience of just being like no I'm not doing that or yep I want to do it this way and you know it's quite it's really interesting to watch watch people like that because you think I'd like to be like that one day. And you're learning, aren't you? All yeah, the all time. the time, exactly. He was amazing and he was so much fun. Like he'd come and dance with us. In our, like where we put our music on in our trailers when we had time to wait and he'd like come and dance and things. He was great. So it was really sad. It was a real shock because we didn't know he was ill at all and it, we, our just producers rang us and told us out of the blue. So it was really amazing to get to work with him. He'll certainly never be forgotten. No. It's a lovely way that you've put it on the programme today. What about your thoughts on costume drama more widely? Is this... An art form that will continue. Will people oh, yeah. always want these? I think so. Escapism never, it's never sort of gone out of fashion at all, has it? I don't think. I mean, I love it. I love watching it. I watch pretty much every costume drama that's on. And they're so popular. Well, before people... long, you'll be in all of the <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why we love it so much. I guess, like you say, it's that sort of escapism and going back to a time when it was sort of... Small things, and I think people love romance, which seems to be more the central story in a costume drama. Where nowadays, modern TV, it's all sort of chases, car chases, and violence. And I think people like a simple story, really. And they tend to be community-based stories yeah. because people didn't Lots travel of other very people, far. Yeah, and sort of relationships between people more than other things that modern TV seems to have. There seems to always have to be some other element into yeah. a modern TV show where a costume drama, literally, like you say, it can be about people. I have a couple of listeners' questions. We've asked our okay. listeners and our <laughs> Facebook followers to um, put forward any questions they might like to ask you. Uh, we've got one from Jane, who's from Clevedon. Will Verity be happy with the man she loves? Now she's gone off to sea with him. I think so. I've only, like I said, I've only read up to book three, so I haven't read book four, so this next series is three and four. But so far... It's, it's all going very well. Yes, I think she's a very happy married lady. I can imagine she's loving it. So it'll be a surprise for you at the moment. Yes, I know. I need to, I need to buy it and read it. Excellent. And uh, a question from Gail in Putney. Does Aidan Turner give scything lessons and could she get one? <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure if, you, if, you, if I could put in a word for her. <laughs> Gail, you're all right. We'll, we'll follow that one up for you. And one final question on the programme. Can you tell me about this ceremonial conga behind the bird on Christmas Day? Oh, yes. I don't know where that's come from. It's but your we, family tradition. It's our family tradition. And we put on this 
Uh, I've forgotten what the band is called. It's called... Oh, I'm going to say this wrong. It's like called Brenner's Social Club or something like that. And it's and then we, we get this before it's cooked. And we... some. It's usually my brother or my cousin goes at the head of, head of the conga and he puts the bird above his head. And we all conga around the house and then we put the bird into the oven. It's wonderful. It's great. It's, Absolutely it's one wonderful. of the best bits of Christmas. <laughs> Ruby Dental, I suspect that you will be wearing a number of hats in your acting <laughs> career, bonnets included. We wish you all the very best and thank you for being my guest thank on you very In much. Conversation. Conversation with Ruby Bentle was produced and presented by Andrew Reid. Post-production was by Marcus Tripp and Andrew Reid with additional research provided by Ruby Bentle. The programme was recorded in North London. Copyright for all music used remains the property of the original artists. In Conversation is a Sunshine Hospital radio production.